Welcome back to Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny. I'm the host of the podcast, and I want to bounce off of last week's episode. Last week, uh, we had the whole conversation about, you know, should we uh, should we force or, or make our children go to church? And if you missed that episode and that question piques your interest, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Because um, in, in some ways, not in every way, that this episode is going to build off of that topic. Um, it really is in the same category. I want to talk about family worship. I want to talk about how we do family devotions, how we lead our family, our household to know and love Jesus and what that's supposed to look like. Um, this is something that in many ways I grew up with. Uh, my my parents were very good at instilling faith in us from a very early age. We memorized scripture. We prayed together. We read the Bible. We, we knew the Bible stories. We went to church. We did all of these things that were very, very helpful. And still, as I grew up, um, because of my own laziness in many ways, I, I, I didn't really see just how important it was. I knew that it mattered and I knew it was important, but I think as I've gotten older, time and time again, I have really seen that this is foundational to the Christian life. This, this really is so important. Um, you know, I always thought that as long as we can get our kids in church and get them around the right believers, and as long as we tell them about Jesus, like we're supposed to, then, you know, they're going to be good. And I'm, I've realized that I've missed one of the most important weapons that I have as a husband, as a father, is this idea of family worship. Charles Spurgeon said this, if we want to bring up a godly family who shall be a seed to serve God when our heads are under the clods of the valley, let us seek to train them up in the fear of God by meeting together as a family for worship. Now, Spurgeon is uh, just a great speaker and writer, and, and sometimes you have to read things over and over from him to really get what he's saying. So I'm going to read it again and kind of explain it a little bit. He said, if we want to bring up a godly family, who shall be a seed to serve God when our heads are under the clods of the valley. Let us seek to train them up in the fear of God by meeting together as a family for worship. If you want to bring up your family to know and love the Lord, even when life gets hard, even when their faith is challenged, even when they go off to college or career and people come into their lives and question the authority of God and question the validity of Christianity, if you want them to be able to stand the test of time and of life and of the struggles of this life, if you want them to make it through to the end in their faith, then one of the main ways you're going to see that happen is to train them up in the fear of God by meeting together as a family for worship. I read from this verse last week in, in last week's episode, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers don't provoke your children to anger, but rather bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, there's not a verse in the Bible or a passage in the Bible necessarily that says, you know, every single night you must sit around the dinner table and read a Bible passage and, 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 and sing a song and have a prayer time. No, no, we don't necessarily have that specific passage, but you tell me what better way to bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord than daily meeting together as a family and worshiping the Lord and studying his word and praying together. I, I, I don't know of a better way. 
And we do have some specific passages like Deuteronomy chapter 6, which was given to Israel, but this is the character of God and that he desires his people to pass these things on to their children. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. The Lord has commanded his people to pass on these things to our children, to talk about them when we're at home and when we are about our errands for the day and when we're taking them to school and when we're doing all these things. It's not just... It's not just that moment when you sit around the table or sit on the couch, sit in the living room and open the word of God, although that's crucial, but it's, it's all the time. It's constantly pouring into our children. It's constantly finding ways to, to raise them up, to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We see this in the life of Timothy. Paul comments on this at least twice in, in his epistles in 2 Timothy 3. He says, from childhood, Timothy, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. From childhood, he says, you've been, you've been raised, and we see in chapter 1 that it was his mother and his grandmother primarily that were pouring into him in this way. They were raising him up to know and love the Lord. He was, he was well acquainted with the scriptures, and Timothy grew up to be a force in the ministry for the church because partly in, because of this, because he was brought up in this way. Now, there's a lot of, uh, of reasons that people give why they're not going to do this, and I want to I wanna address some of the excuses we give, and then I want to end our time by giving some practical reasons um, how you can do this, how you can begin to implement this. Um, and, and just before I get there, I started earlier by saying, you know, I, I, I grew up knowing this was important, being taught that this was important, but I think as I got older, I kind of I not necessarily didn't think that it was important, but I think the importance of it lessened in my own mind. But in these recent years, I have begun to be absolutely convinced that if we as Christians want to raise up our children to, to know and love the Lord, if we as Christians want to raise up our children to go against the culture, if we as Christians want to actually win the culture wars, if we want to see the church rise up and make an impact for the gospel, there's a lot of things that we can be doing. And I think one of, one of the absolute most important things we can be doing to impact our culture with the gospel is family worship. Now that might sound strange to you, that might sound like it doesn't add up. I mean, how is it that that you in your own little bubble in your house, you know, having family worship is actually going to make a difference in the culture? Because if everybody in the church is doing this, if, if we as parents really take this seriously and all of us are pouring into our kids this way and we're gathering together as a church and encouraging one another in these things, then we're actually going to see our children raised up to go out and be a force for Christ in this broken and dark world. So I absolutely believe one of the front lines of the culture wars is family worship in your home. And I think when we fail in that, we're giving way too much ground to the enemy, the enemy being the devil. I think we're giving way too much ground to allow lies and truth and error to creep into our kids' lives. I think if we just allow or if we just have the mindset that if I just take them to church every now and then and, and let the church disciple them, then they're going to be okay when you as a parent have been given the primary role of doing that. Don't forget that. 
You and I as parents have the primary role in discipling our kids, not necessarily your pastor, not the youth pastor at your church, not the children's director at your church, not the volunteers teaching your kids in Sunday school. No, the the person who's been given the primary role of training up your kids to know and love the Lord is you as the parent, with husbands being the spiritual head and leader in this. And so let's talk about some of the excuses that I hear people give. And and this is obviously not going to be exhaustive, but I want to talk about some of the most common ones, some of the excuses that I have given. Let me start with an excuse that I've given that you you may or not be able to relate to. I don't know, but but I think in some way you you can. Um, As a pastor, I struggle sometimes with this because what I don't want my family to think is that I'm coming home and I'm, I'm leading them in family worship just because I'm the pastor, right? Like I don't want them to ever have this feeling that just because their, their husband, their, their father is the pastor of the church that he's coming home and we have to do this now, right? Now, my, my family has never said that to me. My wife has never given me that impression. She doesn't think that about me. And, and that's, that's completely self-inflicted and it's ridiculous and it's silly in many ways and sinful in many ways, but that's something I struggle with. And so sometimes I will forsake my responsibility because of that absolutely ridiculous, sinful mindset. I've heard people say to me, well, Kenny, you know, you, you are a pastor and you've spent your life studying the Bible and you know the Bible a lot better than I do. I'm just not equipped to do this. I'm just not equipped to study the Bible. There's a lot of things that I would say to you, um, and, and we'll talk maybe about some more solutions here at the end when I talk about some ways to implement this, um, but go and talk to your pastor. Find your pastor and ask him to help you, to give you some resources to help you do this because there are many resources out there that are really, really good for this. I'm going to link in the show notes of this podcast, I'm gonna link to a page on our church's website that has some really basic resources for family worship. I would encourage you to go there. I'd encourage you to buy those books and check them out. And so even if you feel like you're not equipped, you've been called. So so let me say this, Um, in some ways, you may not be equipped in the fact that you have forsaken your responsibility as a father or a mother in studying the scriptures for yourself. And so you've been called to train your kids and equip your kids. What you need to do is to do the work to study, to show yourself approved as a student of the word. That you need to take your calling to lead your family in this way seriously and don't just say, well, I'm not equipped, so I need somebody else to do it and say, I'm gonna get myself equipped. And also to understand that you have the spirit of God in you that you don't have to be a, a master theologian to lead your kids in worship. Just get the Bible and read it together and pray. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute sermon. It doesn't have to be this theological lecture. It can be simple. In some ways, you can be journeying with your kids to understand these things together, using the right resources, having the right boundaries, having your, your pastor, your elders pour into you and your family in this way. So, Feeling like you're not equipped may be a a real struggle for you, but it doesn't have to be. You can study, you can get better at this. You can have, there are resources out there that allow you to do this until you do get to that place where you're better. So I don't think that's necessarily a good excuse. Another one I hear is we just, we just don't have the time. And I get it. Okay. I'm going to be as, as, as full of grace here as I possibly can because I get it. I've tried to use this excuse in the past too, but it doesn't work because, and, and I can be short and sweet here, the reality is you make time for the things that you want to make time for. And, and I know that 
that there are some seasons of life that the reality is there's some days where things just happen in such a way that you really don't have a whole lot of extra time for anything. But I'm just here to say you and I have the time. It, the problem is we don't make the time. And I am speaking to myself here. Most days that I look back on that we failed to have family worship together, it was because I didn't say we're going to carve out the time. It's because I didn't lead my family in the way that I should have. And again, and, and I'm getting into some of the practical parts of this, it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. You don't have to take 30 minutes. Sometimes just that five minute prayer and verse at the end of the day is maybe all that you do have for that day and that's okay. Make sure it's a priority. Just like there are times that you don't have this, you don't have time for this big sit down meal together as a family. What you have time for is a quick bite, sit down and go about the rest of your day. Sometimes that needs to be what the Bible reading is, but that shouldn't be the norm. That should be the exception to the rule. The rule should be, we're gonna carve out this time, no matter what else is happening, this is taking place. I think uh, another excuse, and this is gonna lead me into my last section, is I, I'm just not sure how to do it. And this is it's kind of tied into the I don't feel equipped for it, right? Um, but, but it's a little bit different because you might, you might have grown up learning and studying the scriptures and you feel like you can talk through the Bible with your kids, but you're like, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. Nobody's ever really taught me what it looks like to do this together as a family. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I do. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I've seen other people do. And I want to give you some ideas. Again, not exhaustive. I think the resources that I'm linking to in the show notes are really, really helpful in this area as well. But I want to just, again, talk about some of the things that we do. It may be different for you because we have young kids in the home versus when you have teenagers. But let's, let me give you some ideas. So... Often how it happens in my house is um, either either at the dinner table or right after dinner, um, we're going to pull out one of Lily's children uh, children's Bible story books where we walk through a story of the Bible and we read it and we'll try to ask her some questions about it to make sure she understands it. We'll try to explain the point of the Bible story to her. And again, this is sometimes very, very brief. It, it takes five, six minutes, maybe tops, unless she really has some questions. And then a lot of times, because I enjoy playing the guitar and I can do it, I'll pull out my guitar and we'll sing some songs. Um, we've taught Lily some, and, and now Cameron, as he's growing up, some hymns. And we've taught them some, some of these songs that we grew up with. And these songs are intentional because they are teaching truths to our kids as well. As they sing these songs, these truths are being built into their minds, into their hearts. And then we pray. We let Lily pray. Um, I will pray. Sometimes Jenna will pray as well. We we. We think that prayer is very, very important for this as well. And again, a lot of times this whole process takes 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes a little longer because Lily wants a few more songs, right? And, and sometimes it's a little bit longer. There's other seasons of life where we haven't necessarily done the children's devotional, but we've done what are called catechisms. And you can Google search the, the Baptist Boys and Girls Catechism, and it's designed for children. And it's these questions about the Bible and about who God is, and then simple answers. And then also it includes scripture verses that you can go to to talk about those answers. That's a great resource. There's an app that you can get on your phone called the New City Catechism that has 52 questions and answers, and it has commentaries, and it has devotionals, it even has suggestions for prayer that you can walk through with your children, right? So there's all kind of ways that you can do this and you can make it your own. I've been a part of families where um, even when they have other people over for dinner, they'll have family worship. 
because they're trying to teach other families to do the same thing, right? I've been over at somebody's house before where they have stopped for 30 minutes after dinner and we've sung and we've prayed and we've and we've uh, studied the Bible together, right? And and that was challenging for me. It was it was convicting for me because at that time in my life I wasn't really great at it. And I think that's a that's a great thing that you can do as a family too, because not only are you impacting that other family, but you're even more you're showing your kids that even when we have other people over, we're gonna prioritize this. I think one of the biggest things you can do in this, one of the biggest tips I can give you is be as consistent as possible. Whatever you do, whatever it involves, be as consistent as possible. Find ways throughout the day to bring up some of the things that you talked about in your Bible story. Another thing that I've been doing uh, a little bit, and I want to do it some more, uh, especially with Lily as she's, she's old enough to, to handle this, is I've, I'm having her memorize scripture. We just recite, we've, I've gotten her to where she's able to quote Psalm 23, right? And, and she just recites that Psalm. I've found there's, a, there's a, a band called The Corner Room that has songs that are set to just scripture. It's literally just the words of scripture and nothing else. So I've played that the, the corner rooms version of Psalm 23 for Lily over and over again. She was able to memorize it very quickly that way. There's so many things you can do. I hope that what you are taking from this podcast, no matter what direction you go, no matter how, you know, how it happens in your household from here on out, I hope that you take it seriously. I hope that you're challenged and encouraged to do this, to know that this what a privilege it is. And maybe the final thing I'll say is this. I think this is a really important point. This goes back to some excuses that people give. A lot of times people will say, well, it just doesn't go well in my family. Yeah, it doesn't always go well in our household either. Matter of fact, a lot of evenings, it goes really, really poorly. That's okay. it's it's a part of the process. You've got kids who, um, before they come to faith in Christ, are are sinful at heart, and that's their bent is towards sin. They're not necessarily gonna be bent toward the things of God because that's how we're born. We're born into sin. And even when they are saved, they're just like you in that some days you don't wanna read your Bible, some days you don't wanna pray, some days you don't wanna give this time to the Lord. But it's important to do it anyway. It's important that even when the attitudes are not great, don't, Try your best, and it's hard to not lose your cool. Be patient with it, but, but in that moment, use that as an opportunity to discipline so that your kids understand, just like when they sit down in front of their food, that they're going to partake in this. They're going to partake in dinner because this is dinner. They're going to partake in family worship because this is family worship, and you're gonna, you're gonna prioritize this as a family. I, I, just, I just don't think that it's helpful to allow our children to dictate by their, their poor attitudes whether or not we, we engage in family worship. I think it's unwise. I think it's going to lead to disaster at the end of the day. So we need to be consistent. We need to be persistent. We need to be patient. We need to be full of grace. We need to, we need to in some ways, go at their pace. Yes, absolutely all those things. But we as the parent have been called to lead in this way. Husbands primarily have been called to lead in this way. If you're a single mom at home, you've been called to lead in this way. If you are a single adult by yourself at home, you've been called to to have these personal, private, devotional times so that if one day you do end up in a family, you are called to, to be a part of this family worship. If you're empty nesters and your kids are out of the home and you feel like you failed in many ways in this, you are called to do this now and give that, that example to your, your children who are older with their own children and to your grandchildren. You're called to honor the Lord in this way. No matter what stage of life you find yourself in, family worship is absolutely crucial. I hope and pray this encourages you to do that.
Thanks as always for listening to the podcast. I know this went a few minutes over what was normal, but I had a lot to say. I had a lot more to say too, but this was as condensed as I could get it for today. Um, I hope you uh, find this helpful enough to share it or comment or send me an email. Uh, you can send an email to Kenny Roberts at missionwaychurch.org. I would love to hear from you. If you've got questions, comments, things you want me to talk about in the podcast, I would love to do those. It's always helpful, always appreciated if you leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find it as well. This has been another episode of Hold Fast. Thanks for listening as always. And I hope to be back next week with another episode. Lord willing, God bless.